How are we all? Fantastic. Good to see you on this 22 degree day. I guess that means the sun will come out at some point. <laughs> Can't quite see it yet. But um, welcome to our second instalment in our series called Faith Book. Try and say that without sounding like you've got a lisp. <laughs> Faith Book. We, um, our Sunday planning team had a whole lot of fun planning this and we giggled for ages over Faith Book. <laughs> So, uh, Elle delivered last week's sermon, and um, I want to uh, unpack another face behind the book today, another face of God behind the book. And so, um, I don't know what the faces of God that you see in Scripture are. I don't know if you were to describe God and, and describe His face, what, would you, what you would describe Him as. Um, what character traits or personality traits or whatever it might be that you might describe him as. as. But I hope by the grace of God to unpack one other aspect of God today. And so um, I was just having a think about um, a story that um, unfolded in, in my world, just a little story, but it had me sort of, um, I guess, ponder about the things that God does and the way that he um, he moves and he intervenes in our life. Um, a little while ago, I was uh, pruning our roses at home, in case you thought pruning roses was left for old people only. <laughs> I was pruning the roses and we've got this pathway, um, front door, pathway, gate. And so I'm, uh, I started at the end and I worked my way slowly to the front door. And so I was on the last rose bush and I'm pruning, 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 done, stood back, admired my work, packed up my stuff, and then was going inside. And so I turned my back to the roses. I take a couple of steps forward because the front door is not that far away. I let myself in. I turn around to to lock the door, and I see this human body land pretty much right where I was standing, pruning these roses. And so it all happened really quickly. I was like, what on earth? But I was like, what? This human body landed and then it jumped up and disappeared. So I thought I was seeing things. And so I was just standing there in complete dismay when another human body this time, I can't quite remember whether he was dressed in a police, um, in a police, in police gear, police uniform, or whether he was in security guard uniform. I can't quite remember that detail. But this other human body landed right there, followed by another human body, and then suddenly they were all gone. <laughs> so I'm thinking, what on earth? They literally just landed where I was just standing, like they would have pounced on top of me. And uh, later in the day, we found out we live um, oh, probably about three blocks away from um, a shopping centre. And later in the day, we found out that a guy had been caught shoplifting. <laughs> and so some brave security guards or police officers or whatever had literally chased him three blocks down. And so our neighbour's house, we live on a little bit of a, of a slope, and so our neighbour's house a bit high up here so when they were jumping they would have had no idea where they were going to land and had no idea what was over the other side of the fence so here they go one after the other and I thought oh my gosh so my knees were wobbling at the thought that these three guys could have literally landed on top of me <laughs> and I don't know about you but I sat there with that for ages just going God you are amazing your protection is amazing like that was that was seconds worth of protection. And I don't know about you and I don't know about the experiences that you've had in your world and your life where you just 
sit back in complete awe and just go, God, I can't fathom how you actually protected me by the second from that very thing. Or maybe just protected me. Maybe it wasn't in a, in a split-second emergency crisis moment like mine. But maybe you, you sit and you think, God, your protection is amazing. You saved me from that. Or you saved me from that car accident. Like, I just missed that by a hair. Or you saved me from, you know, I was so sad about not getting that job. But you saved me from that job because they went in for liquidation five minutes later. Or you saved me from that person that was out to get me and whilst they spread rumors about me, but they ended up with egg on their face and you saved me. Or you saved me from that bad decision that I was about to make. I wonder for you this morning, if I was to ask you, want God to save you and protect you from? I wonder what you would say. I wonder what you would say. What do you want God to protect you from in your world right now? And so I want to unpack Psalm 91. And from that, I want to draw out some character traits of God. I want to draw out the face behind the book of God in relation to the depth and the wealth and the beauty that I have been pondering in Psalm 91. And so it's up on the screen. We'll read through it first. And then if you wouldn't mind, I'll uh, park on a few ideas and unpack those. And I pray that this morning God would meet you and I in a really powerful way. Give us incredible insight into who he really is to us personally. Amen. And so Psalm 91, it says this. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the foulest snare and from the deadly thistle. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked if you say the Lord is my refuge and if you make the Most High your dwelling. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue you. I will protect you. But he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. You know, sometimes we think that God's protection comes for us and is for us against external things. But sometimes God's protection is for us against ourselves, right? I remember a story that a, a beautiful um, Christian girl um, shared with me uh, only a few years ago, actually, but she was sharing about the fact that she was dating this Christian guy, 
she was so unhappy in that relationship. And I said to her, so why are you still in it? And she said, I don't know. I thought I had to make it work. And she said, but I'm so unhappy. I just don't have the guts to break it off. And I feel like we've come too far now. And I feel like I've just got to, you know, like, I guess, you know, like it, it's been an investment. And I, I feel like I just have to make it work. And, and so I tried to speak into her to say the only time you've got to make it work is actually when you get married. But before then, that's your opportunity to actually work out what God's saying and what his will is. And if you need to get out of this relationship, then get out of this relationship. But she didn't have what it took to actually make that decision. And she struggled because she's soft and she's sweet and she's gorgeous. And she thought about breaking this guy's heart. And so she sat with it. And she prayed. His family prayed. We prayed. And some months later, he broke up with her. And she was actually quite devastated. Quite devastated. I remember when she told me that he broke up with her, I was like, wow, that's amazing news. That's good news. She didn't see it that way. But over the months, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, she ended up meeting another gorgeous guy and getting married. And they have a beautiful marriage. And I think to myself, God, you stepped in. You stepped in and saved her from a messy marriage. She wasn't even happy before she even entered into it. And she knew it, but she just didn't have the strength to break away from that. But you, God, are our protector, not just from others, not just from circumstances, not just from stuff, but sometimes from ourselves. And so this morning, I want to unpack verse 1 and 2 of Psalm 91. Start off by saying, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And in that couple of verses alone, we're introduced to three names of God, to three names of God. One of them is El Elyon. Last week we spoke about uh, uh, Rapha, God our healer. One of the other names presented just in these two verses, El Elyon, and that means the most high. We're also introduced to another name of God, El Shaddai, which you may have heard of before. The almighty, the powerful, the all-sufficient, that is the meaning of El Shaddai. And then in Lord God, in that third reference, Elohim, Lord God. And so immediately as we enter into this psalm, we experience and we're invited to experience the sovereignty, the almighty, the powerful, the amazing, the all-sufficient God. The one who created the universe and everything in it, the, the big God, the big God. That's in verse 1 and 2. But then we move on to latter verses within this psalm and we are introduced to the sweetest daddy to the most beautiful picture of the sweetest daddy that you and I could ever have. Yes, he's sovereign. Yes, he's grand. Yes, he's amazing and awesome. And yes, he created the whole universe. But he is our sweet daddy. He's our sweet daddy who desires to protect us like a mother protects her babies. And so I want you to keep that in mind. And I really pray that as we unpack this, that you would catch this in a way for you personally, that you would catch it and own it and that you would move beyond. And in addition to knowing that God is all amazing and all grand, that he is also your sweet protector.
water by your side. If we move on, Psalm 91.3, it says, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. I'm just going to pick up on a couple of concepts that really spoke to me in Psalm 91. The fowler's snare. A fowler is actually a a, a bird hunter and a snare is a trap. And so this verse says to us that our sweet daddy, our heavenly daddy, protects us from hunters, protects us from the things in life that actually set a trap out to get us, the things that trap us, the traps that we willingly walk into and the traps that we accidentally walk into. That's what he protects us from. And when a fowler sets a snare or sets a trap for birds, they have no idea that that trap is there. Otherwise, they'd have some wits and actually not step into it. But they're totally oblivious that he's constructed this huge little trap. Huge little, they don't go to bed for three days. (laughs) This huge trap. And they walk into it naively and stupidly and then bang, they get caught. But you know what I also read? That the fowler, he doesn't have one generic one, you know, one size fits all trap for all birds. He's got different traps for different birds. He's got some, bir- uh, some traps for ducks, some traps for little birds, some traps for eagles. And you know what? Our Father in Heaven has a tailor-made protection for you and for me against all sorts of traps. He knows our vulnerabilities. He knows our weaknesses. He knows the traps that we're most likely going to fall into and he protects us from those traps. If your vulnerability is rejection, he's got you covered. He knows how to protect you from that trap. If your vulnerability is loneliness, he's got that covered and he knows how to protect you. If your vulnerability is words that people speak over your life, well, he knows how to protect you. If your vulnerability is an inability to stand in the face of challenging decisions and to make really resolute decisions on things, then he has what it takes to protect you from that trap. He has you and me covered. The traps that we know about and the traps that we don't. The ones that we willingly step into and the ones that we walk into in complete naivety and oblivion. He's got us covered. The other thing that our Heavenly Father does for us is he covers us with his feathers and under his wings we find refuge. Like a mother bird in a nest, she's got her babies there and she's got her feathers over them. She's got her wings over them and she protects them from the elements, from other bigger birds, from anything that can come against them. She covers them. She shields them. That's what your Heavenly Father and my Heavenly Father does for us. He shields us. The visuals are crazy. We sit so safe under the protection of his wing. And like a mother bird does, when she thinks that her little chicklets are ready to fly, she throws them out the nest. But then she watches ever so carefully because if she's misjudged that and if she's sent them out too early and they look like they haven't quite developed the capacity to fly yet, what does she do? She's so close behind and she she goes, oh, I thought you were ready, but you're not. And she swoops them. In her feathers, your heavenly father, same for you and same for me. He covers us with his feathers. He covers us. We're so safe under those wings. We're so safe under those wings. And when we look like we're about to fall, he swoops in and he grabs us 
and he saves us and he takes us back to the nest, back to our heavenly father. We also read in the next verse, verse 5, you will not fear the terror of night nor the arrow that flies by day. And in the scripture, generally nighttime is representative of the unexpected, the things that come when we least expect them. The things that come in the dark, when we can't see them, we can't see them coming, and suddenly we're like confronted with something that's about to take us over or something that's not good for us or whatever it might be. But who knows that the night is also symbolic for nighttime? (laughs) When we actually, have you ever heard people say, oh my gosh, my head's in overdrive at night. Like, what the heck? Why is it? When it's, not, when it's dark, when it's quiet, when I'm meant to be sleeping, all the thoughts go on in my head. Why does that happen? But it does. It's like in the stillness. And in the quietness. And in the absence of stimuli. And then our head goes racing a million miles ahead of us. And then we start thinking about everything. All the fears that we weren't even possibly thinking about during the day. Well, they're there at night. <laughs> All the anxieties, all the hypotheticals, all the scenarios that we make up in our mind. Everything that bothers us and worries us. But our heavenly dad, he says, that's okay. I've got the terror of night covered as well. I've got you. I've got you when you're in bed lying there worrying and freaking out about things that might never even happen. (laughs) Or even about the things that might. I have you. And then in case that wasn't enough, the arrows that fly by day, God is even with us. The arrows that fly by day. Who knows that to shoot an arrow, you've got to have a target? That's true. And so that refers to the arrows that are targeted against us, either by the enemy or by other people. And God says, don't worry. Those intentional things that the enemy might be firing against you, or that other people might be plotting against you, or the intentional things that are intended to harm you or hurt you, I've got them covered as well. Wow, God, do you miss a beat? And he says, no, because I am your protector. I don't miss a beat. I've got everything covered. Is there any scenario that you can think of that I haven't already covered for you? And we move on. On to verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. A thousand? Really? How does that happen? Everything around me falls apart, but I'm like just what, I've like got a tunnel of favor funneling in on me, yeah? When there's chaos in my world, God says, it might all be falling around, falling over around you. Everything may be collapsing around you, but it will not harm you. Who knows that life's tough? Who knows that we are delusional to think that life is a walk in the park and that every season is an exciting and upbeat and awesome season? Life's tough. But in those tough seasons and in those tough moments, whilst 10,000 may fall around us, Because whilst things fall around around us, while chaos happens on the outside, on the inside, our heavenly daddy has our soul protected. Our soul is safe in his 
He said, you know what? Do not be dismayed by all the chaos that goes on around you. That's all outside stuff. But I've got your insides covered. I've got peace to still the storm. I've got supernatural on the inside of you. Wow. Thank you, protector, sweet God. And then we move on. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all of your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. So free. So powerful. I stand here and I speak out those words. I've sat with them all week and I think, God, if only I get it. If only that would make sense to me. If only my human brain could comprehend what it means that you send your angels, your heavenly beings to surround me and go with me everywhere I go to protect me. But not just that. I love the latter half of that verse. And it's picked up again in the New Testament in Luke 10, 19. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample and the great lion and the serpent. And Luke 10, 19. For I will give you the power to crush serpents and scorpions and all hostile forces and they will not harm you. So not only is God protecting us from us, not only is he protecting us from other people, not only is he protecting us from life and circumstances and from psychological pain and anguish on the inside, but he also not only protects us from the evil one and from the demonic realm, but he gives us all we need in his uh, capacity, in his power, to trample on evil things. Wow. Wow. He doesn't just protect us. He equips us to say to the enemy, I don't think so. Not today, mate. Because my God and the blood of Jesus has me covered and protected. So maybe some other time. about the fact that your sweet heavenly father is your protector. He has every part of your life covered. Every part of your life covered. If we move on, we discover that there's a little bit of a condition. Our connection determines his protection. And I just want to go back and pick up on a couple of verses that we read earlier. And they say this. Back to verse 1 and 2. It says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. He is the walls, the impenetrable walls around my life. My God in whom I trust. You see, there's a condition. Because we're told, whoever dwells. Whoever dwells, God's protection is connected to our connection with him. When we are connected with him, when we dwell with him, it is there and then that we are protected. That is the condition. That is the prerequisite. Whoever dwells. You see, we can't rest and trust 
unless we dwell. If I introduced you to a random person here today that you've never met, and I said to you, right, they're going to live at your place for a month, trust them. You're like, well, who are they? (laughs) I'm like, don't worry, just trust them. You'd be like, she mad? I mean, I sort of like trust her a little bit, but like, how do I know that she's got all grounds covered with them? You see, the only way that we can trust someone and rest in that is that we actually need to know them. And the only way that you and I can actually rest and trust our heavenly daddy is if we dwell with him. If he lives in us and we live in him. Because then we know who it is that we're trusting. Then we're intimate. Then we're connected. Then we're like, there's no surprises. I know that he's for me and not against me. So the first condition is whoever dwells. We want God's protection. Church, we've got to dwell. We've got to let him dwell. Next, just in case that wasn't clear, he goes on to say, if you say, if you say, if you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, Because he loves me, says the Lord. So God is saying this. Because Susie loves me, because you love him, I will rescue him. I will protect him or her, for he acknowledges my name. You see, it's conditional. If you say my name, then you get my protection. Because you love him, you get his protection. And moving on one more. It's not that God is sort of like this obsessive, compulsive, terms and conditions type of dad. It's not that he says, right, I've written out the rule book. I'm so sorry, but you either accept the terms and conditions to get my protection or you don't. It's not that. It's the fact that his protection is only really guaranteed when we're living in his will. But when we decide that we want to fight our own battles, we want to work this out in our own strength, we've got more brains than God, we've got what it takes, I've got the gift of the gab, I know how to conflict resolve, I know how to fight the enemy. When we do things in our own strength, when we make stupid decisions that are outside the will of God, how can we come in under protection? How can we be protected to rely on ourselves? I wouldn't trust myself. But when we do trust ourselves, and sometimes we do that subconsciously, by going, God, leave this with me. I got this one covered. (laughs) And we don't really say that. But in what we do and how we approach situations and how we get out there to fight our own battles, instead of saying, Father God, My daddy, my protector, you can see all things. Come and work this out. If you are my protector, if you cover me with your feathers, if, 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 then come for me. That is the condition. So it makes perfect sense. Because left to our own devices, we can't guarantee our protection. Because we don't even know what's right sometimes. Sometimes we have the best of intentions. But we still step into mess accidentally. We 
we step into consequences, sometimes even accidentally and well-intentioned. And so it's a condition that is just like the law of grace. Not the law of punishment. It's a well. Well. Because then I'll tell you what to do. I'll tell you what the next step is. I'll keep them at bay. I'll keep the enemy at bay. I'll open up doors and I'll shut doors. And so this morning, I just want to invite us to get a fresh face on God. I love the story about the Moses soul fish. Put your hand up if you've ever heard of a species of fish called a Moses soul. Two people in this whole room. Four people in this whole room. The Moses soulfish is the smallest species of fish in the sea. And we're told that this Moses soulfish actually has the capacity in the face of danger when it senses that a shark is close by, it actually has the capacity to release this um, milky liquid from underneath its gills. And when the liquid floats around in the water, and gets to a shark, the smallest amount of this liquid actually locks the jaws of a shark. And so here's the smallest species of fish in the sea that not many people know about that should be panicking, but it actually sends out this substance and it locks the jaws of a shark. And so a shark comes up to it and the shark is literally like this. And so this little fish can swim in and out of the shark's mouth completely protected and safe. It's crazy. So scientists discovered this thing in the Moses soulfish. And they were like, right, we've got a solution now for divers. No diver will ever again die in the ocean due to being attacked by a shark. Because we can actually develop this thing and put it in their thing. And then they can press the thing. <laughs> And no diver will ever die again. Do you think that scientists have been able to come up with a ripoff of this substance? No. And so I wonder if it would just be fair to assume that if our heavenly father has equipped the smallest fish in the ocean with a substance to protect it from the fiercest thing in the ocean, whether it only makes sense that your heavenly daddy and my heavenly daddy has given us all we need for our survival. Amen. And so as the band come up, we'll close with a final song. But I want to encourage you as you stand to sing. I want to encourage you to embrace that face behind you, the protector, the sweet daddy, the one who is for you and not against you. Whatever it is going on in your world at the moment, leave it with him. Leave it with him. It's the safest place. Leave it with him. Trust his wisdom. Trust his insight. Trust his will. Trust his prompts. Trust him to protect you from everything, including the evil one. Can you do that? Own it. Ask God to reveal it to you. Ask him to show you what that means. What it means that he's so 
infatuated with him. I mean, so obsessed and so tunneled in and funneled in. But he makes everything work out for me. 